week on the Mustang Mach E podcast. Four fires back at GM and the cruise trademark. Also, Norway seeks to go completely EV in the next year. And we are back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Again, is Darren Hubbard. We are the host of the Mustang Maki podcast. We're joining you this week. Um, it's basically our second episode of the month. So in our summertime schedule, uh, starting September, we go back to weekly recordings. A couple things to talk about uh, this week. First off, uh, many of you may be aware of the annual uh, Detroit tradition of the uh, Woodward Dream Cruise. Um, it was basically canceled last year due to the pandemic, but it's back scheduled to come back this year um, on actually August. It looks like that's going to be August 21st. Uh, basically, is a Saturday. Now, those of you who have, are familiar with the area know that effectively the Dream Cruise is every week. Um, on Woolworth, uh, basically from March to November, um, but the official day is the, usually it's the second or, or third Saturday uh, in August, and so it is a, you know, gigantic celebration of car culture uh, for the Metro Detroit area, with the OEMs getting involved um, with, uh, you know, sort of big displays, you know, kind of resembling auto show displays, uh, but really focused around their heritage or performance brands. And so in years past, Ford has done a lot to promote the Mustang brand, uh, typically creating a stage and having a whole concert sort of series and, and, and concert atmosphere around the, around the iconic Mustang, um, you know, sort of in one of the major intersections uh, along the cruise, which is at Woodward and Nine Mile in the city of Ferndale, Michigan. Uh, this year, um, you know, the the press has reported that the Mustang Mach-E GT will be their featured Mustang. And so with that, you know, every year, uh, Ford essentially buys a couple of billboards along the route, and it features you know, sort of the Mustang of the day that they're going to be, you know, highly focused on, um, you know, sort of at the cruise. And this year, it is a uh, Mustang Mach-E GT Performance Edition, and there's touting, Ford is touting the 0 to 60 time of 3.5 seconds on the on the billboard. So, pretty exciting to see the, the Mustang Mach-E get, it, get its due and, and be highlighted in that way. Um, anybody who's listening in the Detroit area, you know, if you should happen to make it to the Dream Cruise uh, and, and see that, that'll be awesome. Um, just to, you know, kind of see for feature the, you know, more rare versions of the car. Typically at shows or at uh, events, they'll have either, you know, a single GT or and it's typically uh, the one that's in grabber blue. Um, 
actually no there's an orange one that was featured in some of the uh the press videos that came out um then also um there's going to be uh a couple of other vehicles featured they'll likely have a ford lightning uh, pickup truck and then f-150 lightning maybe even one of the uh, new maverick hybrid pickup trucks as well um, and then there's rumor that they're going to feature one of the other new uh, total ev cars uh, that are set to, to come out in the next year or two uh, from ford but you know those are all rumors at this point and so wouldn't get your hopes up um, but for now uh, pretty exciting news that the mustang mach e GT Performance Edition is going to be the featured video, I mean, it's featured car uh, at the Dream Cruise, so that, that'll be cool. In other news, um, Ford and GM are in a battle right now over the use of the, essentially the Cruise trademark. Now, to be fair, I don't understand why the U.S. Trademark and Patent Office issued GM a trademark for Super Cruise um, when, in, you know, in, in traditional automotive uh, language, cruise control has, has been a universal, you know, sort of term that's been applied to um, you know, the ability for a car to set a speed and maintain that speed. And then variations of that have been, you know, sort of in the you know, kind of popular lexicon of car terms for years, probably 60, 65 years or so. Why they would get, you know, really specific and give GM this, you know, exclusive use of the super cruise term at this time is, is really bizarre. Um, but in any case, the the patent for the trademark term was, I believe, issued in 2018, and then they got um, additional use of the, the cruise name uh, in 2020. And so when they filed a suit against Ford for using the term Blue Cruise, um, you know, sort of coming into conflict with its Super Cruise, semi-autonomous cruise control, uh, I thought it was like, okay, well, it's a little odd, like, that you would do this at this time. Like, you knew, I mean, trying to set up something, a company called Cruise, uh, which is its um, wholly owned subsidiary uh, that kind of pioneered the technology. You know, you were going to come up with, you were going to come up against other companies trying to use that same word to describe the feature set. Uh, of some semi-autonomous driving so I thought like wow like you, you chose a name like right smack dab in the middle of the market and and now you know you shouldn't be surprised when other people are going to try to use it but in any case you know they've they got the the trademarks and and whatnot so I, I guess they figure they can sue in court to uh, to defend them now interestingly enough four has fired back uh, and saying that they want to invalidate that whole use of cruise as part of the trademark because of its ubiquity across the industry. I mean, Hyundai, uh, BMW, um, even Mack trucks have some type of cruise control related 
you know, sort of naming use that have all been in, in the, you know, in the, the, the environment for a couple of years now. So the fact that the U.S. Trademark and Patent Office went off would even give GM that use of the, the, the mark is a little bizarre since those, you know, BMW's been using their connected crews or whatever for years. And then the, you know, Hyundai and the and Mack trucks have also been using it for at least five years. So, it, I don't know. It's a little weird. So, I guess it's all going to play out in the courts. In any case, um, whether you call it Blue Cruise or Super Cruise or whatever, you know, the technologies are going to be similar because it's it's part of a feature set that people are looking for. And so, no matter what you do, um, you know, you can give it whatever name you want. You're gonna to have to come back to at least at the, the the second layer of information, describing what it does, and then describing its merits based on what it can do versus the what the competitors, uh, you know, system can do. And so, they're not gonna, you know, I don't think you're gonna get around having to use the same terms to describe, you know, what the service and, and what the feature and functions do. So. I don't know, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I happen to, to actually like Ford's name in terms of the Copilot 360 because I felt like that more accurately described what the feature sort of aspired to do, but maybe that was too non-specific for them. I don't know, because Blue Cruise doesn't really... I mean, aside from knowing that Blue is the color of the oval you know i never really and even haven't been around you know sort of all the 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 big three and their marketing for years and years i've never necessarily associated blue with ford like that color and so i find it odd that they would go with that um and it's not that you know they haven't used the color i mean use it on the the shelby stuff but Shelby Americans logos and their colors have been around the blue stripes, but you know, I don't know. I guess if I look back, I don't, yeah, I, other than the logo, you don't normally associate blue with, I don't at least associate blue with Ford. Um, but yeah, whatever. I guess uh, the courts, it'll play out in the courts. In other news, um, due to the, I mean, literally blistering sales that the Mustang Mach-E uh, has been experiencing um, and the overlay of the, you know, basically global chip shortage, it's not surprising that Ford is experiencing some production delays um, on those vehicles. Right now, you're looking at anywhere from a 24 to 28 week wait on the production of a Mustang Mach-E GT or GT Performance Edition. Um, so you're talking anywhere from six to, to seven months to wait for your vehicle to be produced. Um, and in real terms, that means you if you put in an order September 1st, basically in the ninth month of the year, you're looking at receiving your car in March of the following year um, at the minimum. 
now there have been reports of folks you know kind of receiving notification that their car was being built a little sooner but we're talking you know two weeks not you know ten weeks early um, and in addition you know Ford has another hot vehicle that they just launched in the Bronco the, the full-size Bronco which you're starting to see on streets right now and so competition um, for the you know kind of slim supply of micro trips is is really going to be hot at Ford and all the all of the auto manufacturers uh, because you know there's a lot of folks trying to update their vehicles since there weren't you know new car sales in 2020 were down and so there's a lot of pent-up demand here in 21 and and probably going into 22 and so and with the used car market being so hot right now it's you know when you're looking at okay should i buy a, a two-year-old car versus a, a brand new one you know the price differential is not all that significant and so folks are are having to make those tough choices between just you know kind of sinking in sinking down money for for the new vehicle in addition to the fact that with the you know sort of more aggressive push towards evs uh anything that's kind of has some level of electrification is hot in the marketplace as well and so yeah it's just going to put more and more pressure on that supply of chips until you know those the new uh, or, or newly announced chip manufacturing uh, comes online but you're talking probably second half of 2022 before a lot any of this kind of abates in any any significant way so yeah if you if you want a Mustang Mach-E GT or GT Performance Edition, you know, just put in your order, put your money down, and, uh, you know, start doing a, a countdown of, of how long you have until your, your car gets delivered, because it's, it's going to it's gonna be a minute. Um, in other news, Norway announced that they're trying to accelerate uh, their goal of having effectively an all EV uh, you know sort of transportation situation in Norway um, which already leads the world in electric vehicle registrations mind you with about 50% of cars essentially being um, registered 50% uh, of registered new vehicles in Norway are EVs today they want to essentially go to a hundred percent uh in the next year now keep in mind Nora is a relatively small country so we're not talking you know millions and millions of cars um however you know that's still a significant um acceleration of adoption uh when you got a lot of countries you know talking about um you know trying to outlaw uh, gas-powered vehicles by 2030, which is essentially, you know, nine years away. You know, here Norway is trying to say, hey, we're about to do this in a quick way. We're going to do it in the next year. So we'll be watching that because that'll put, um, you know, if, if, we've already, if we've already experienced and we're experiencing supply chain difficulties, then 
you know, you're, you're talking about having one country essentially soaking up all the supply of electric vehicles because if, if yeah, they're going to go to 100%, you know, demand is going to spike um, in that country for, for the vehicles. And it may impact the ability of folks around the world uh, to, to get the vehicles that they want. Um, now, you in normal times, you would say, well, you know, the companies would just make more. You know, whoever has the production capacity lined up will just be the winner. Um, but when we're all sort of subject to the supply chain uh, and logistics kind of jams i mean it's it's literally gonna impact everybody so be interesting to see um i myself am you know i have this constant debate of like are we literally at the moment the the pendulum swing moment where you know internal combustion engines are just going to be you know go from being the state of the art or or literally the dominant player in the market to being obsolete, to <laughs> being outlawed, to being like rare things that you only see in a museum or, you know, in the random sighting uh, with a historical vehicle plate, you know, all within the span of a year. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to be present at this point in the transition because it's something that, you know, will always, rep it always represented the future kind of a far off way um, and, and so now seeing this rapid um, adoption and, and rapid sort of realignment is just it's kind of cool to, to be alive at this point so you know I don't know I guess we'll have to just all take it in because as the climate change in the climate situation just gets more and more volatile. I think this summer has really shown a lot of people who were kind of on the fence about climate change. It's, it's sort of shown them that, yeah, it's real. You know, how much is going to impact you on your day to day um, varies depending on where you are. But you can't deny that we've had our fair share of extreme weather events uh, in the summer of 2021. And so I feel like that coupled with you know, the new infrastructure bill that was uh, passed in the Senate um, with a lot of emphasis on climate change and uh, EV and, and, and transportation infrastructure enhancements. I feel like this is the tipping point. Um, and so even, I mean, it, it may not be that you can even get your hands on an electric vehicle, but if you're not thinking about it at least and trying to wrap your mind around that transition and, you know, the eventual uh, sort of segue into an electric, you know, I think this is the time. And for sure, um, you know, over the next, oh, I'd say three to five years here in the United States, you know, like you're, you're literally going to see just a transition to an all-electric situation so you know you probably can you're probably safe to still buy a, a gas power car for sure for the next I would say five years but beyond that yeah it, it's it's gonna be you know that that transition will start to really pick up 
Um, but I think for some, for the, the mass market, I feel like the big tipping point won't be within five. It'll be probably at that 2030 standpoint when the availability of gas powered cars, when you're going to buy a new car will start to decrease. Um, and then, you know, so that most new vehicles are going to be battery powered or, or electric in some way, shape or form. Um, because let's face it, the infrastructure to support electric cars for everybody is just, it's, it's years away. Like there's just no, I mean, this is still an early adopter situation right now because, I mean, just a case in point, um, if you are trying, you know, let's say next year, once, once I am able to do the, the switching and, and potentially have a Mustang Mach-E GT performance edition for myself, you know, the charging situation is not going to be great. I mean, we should just call that out, um, right now. And so I just did a, I think about a 700 mile drive from Georgia to Michigan in that along that route, you know, we stopped, I believe I got gas twice. You're talking a 20 minute situation, filling up the tank. Now we passed, you know, I would say tens, maybe even a hundred different gas stations on the way on the, on the road. I did not necessarily, I only saw one EV charging point uh, right there on one of the busiest interstates, you know, on the, in the Eastern seaboard, which is I-70, yeah, I-75 corridor. Now, in order for us to support, you know, literally five out of every 10 vehicles being electric, I would need to see at least at every you know, sort of major wide spot or inter, you know, interstate um, exit, you know, at least 50% of those having some level of EV, like large scale EV charging, which we just don't see. I mean, it's just not there. Um, and we all know, like pulling that, uh, that infrastructure to create, you know, pulling the, the, power making the power available and making sure that the grid is resilient enough to support that that's just going to be it's a massive massive uh endeavor and we we've got a long way i mean just keeping it real the grid to support electricity for housing and and residential and just basic commercial stuff is is fragile at best i mean here in michigan you know, there was a power, there was a storm um, situation on, let's say it was Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Power was out from Wednesday, and then from Wednesday, let's say 6 a.m., not being restored until Friday, 8 p.m. So you're talking 72 to 84 hours of a large metropolitan area having upwards of 700,000 people not connected to the grid at that time. And one of the things that 
helped us survive was to be able to charge our electronic devices in our vehicle, our gas power vehicle. Now you switch all of that to electricity, what are you going to be able to do? If your house isn't getting power and your vehicle's battery is depleted from trying to either support, you know, either backup as a as a backup, you know, powering your house or you know, like the Ford F-150, you know, supercharge or super boost car uh, or, or pickup truck has the ability to charge. Like if you don't have a secondary fuel to charge that battery, you're basically out of luck. So, you know, we've got a lot to do before we're going to be able to support, you know, upwards of, you say, if there's on average 15 million cars sold per year in the United States. To support 8 million of those being uh, EVs, we need like a massive, massive buildup in the electrical grid infrastructure uh, to be able to support all that. Um, and it needs to be much more resilient because we still experience, you know, huge outages after storms, which based on climate change, the violent storms are increasing and they're not just happening in the summer. You know, you you see these big snow, snowmageddon type events happening in the winter months in the Northeast and, and the Midwest as well. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to do um, in order to both fight climate change and to make this transition uh, happen smoothly. So, yeah, it's, I mean, as, as, as optimistic as I am, um, I feel like this is still going to be an early adopter game for the next I would say four years, um, at least, till you get to basically the middle of the decade, and then you, sh hopefully, you'll start to see the tide turning, um, with more public infrastructure being built to support EVs, and then more resilience in the electrical grid, um, in general, uh, to be able to support both, you know, continuous energy delivery. Uh, but also to support, you know, substantial increase in load on that, that same grid. So, yeah, we, we've got a minute. So, yeah, you're probably safe to buy a gas power car, I would say, for the next five years easy. Um, with that, I'm thinking that we cover all of our news for the week. Uh, again, one of the... The key uh, cool points about talking about this this car in the electric market is just all the the promise of it and how the more we talk, the more things are changing and, and evolving. Uh, there's always going to be news and, and cool, interesting stories uh, to report. Um, supposedly, we got Rivian actually producing and delivering um, their first vehicles to customers in the next few weeks. So. We'll see if that happens over the, the end of August. And then so our, for our first episode in September, you know, we may be, be covering some of the uh, initial deliveries to actual customers, not, you know, prototypes or anything like that, but actual page of money. You got your, your registration and you, you're driving your new Rivian, uh, either pickup or, or SUV, uh, you know, around in the neighborhood. So looking forward to that. Also looking forward to seeing additional Mach-E's on the road. Um, 
interesting being in, in Michigan, you know, I'd expect to see more. Um, and to, in the over the last few days, I've only seen uh, two. And so I'm hoping to, to spot a few more uh, this weekend, um, you know, while I'm here. So, yeah, <clears throat> once again, thanks for listening. And if you've got information or want to ask a question, please hit us up at the email for the podcast, which is um, Mustang Mach E Podcast One. And that's the Mach E Podcast One. So Mach E, one word, podcast, one word, and the number one at gmail.com. Please, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast uh, and hope to hear from you over the next few weeks and just stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Bye.